hello. Hello and welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker and a comedian embark on a most excellent adventure through the 80s movies we think we love with 2020 eyes. Oh, 2020 eyes. That works in a way I haven't noticed before. (laughs) (laughs) Today's selection is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure from 1989. Now, a motion picture so grand, so magnificent, and so vast, it spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who is Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. They're traveling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the iron lane. Excellent! Execute them. Focus. And they're making a big impression. Historical babes. Now they're home. Everybody get together, remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. Yo, live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Napoleon. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Genghis Khan! Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Carlin. We're history. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! Bill and Ted's Excellent! Excellent! Excellent adventure. Party on, dude. <sighs> you know what's so weird about the trailer is that they list some people by the actor's name and then they just start naming characters and, <laughs> and then they go back to George Carlin. <laughs> like, Socrates, Billy the Kid, George Carlin. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm Chrissy Lenz, the uh, comedian for this podcast, improviser, and uh, director of NCT Phoenix Improv, um, which now exists only in theory since we are <laughs> closed <laughs> due to the quarantine. Uh, and with me, as always, is... Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Nathan Blackwell. You may know me as the filmmaker, the person who points out <laughs> only filmmaking details that I enjoy. <laughs> hi there. Um, so I think it is pr- probably fairly obvious that this is one of my favorite movies. I mean, it is the basis of the whole um, name <laughs> of the podcast. Um, the most excellent uh, everything. Um, I saw that I've this is I've seen this movie so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sure. and I love it. And, I, you know, we have a unique link to it um, being from the like east valley of arizona where they filmed a lot of it yeah there's not too many movies that were filmed here in phoenix and and so uh i know a a lot of people who kind of um claim this as one of our own Mm -hmm. 
And you and I specifically have been to <laughs> all of the um, places where it, this was filmed. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I even lived um, uh, a couple of years ago. I, I had an apartment that was just like two or three blocks away from from Ted's house. Oh, so. nice. Uh-huh. Um, I, and you chose that due to its proximity, I have to. Uh, yeah, that's why it was yeah, so expensive. Yeah, they're like, it's Ted's house, everyone. <laughs> Is Ted there? No, no. Yeah. It was a movie. So, uh, yeah, they um, they they filmed like an '88 or or whenever it was. They mm-hmm. they filmed it here in in various cities around the valley: Phoenix, Tempe, Scottsdale. There's a Coronado High School was San Dimas High School. Mm-hmm. Um, the just recently closed Metro Center Mall was the the mall in the movie. God, um, and, I, and I remember that mall. Like I have very oh, yeah. fond childhood memories of the skating rink. Yeah, that rink. was that was the mall. Yeah, it was. and those chairs, like the the wire, like the most uncomfortable chairs in the world. They're like very boxy <laughs> and square and made only of wire, um, <laughs> but aesthetically pleasing, I suppose. Yeah, and then of course the Circle K, which you can still go to. You can still go there and ask anyone if they know when the Mongols ruled China. <laughs> so if you're curious of those people who are living in the valley, the the Circle K from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is uh, on Southern and Hardy. So just near Southern and Priest. It's 1010 West Southern. Go, go hang out it. there. You can bowl at the bowling alley, too, which is um, just past the 60. Yeah. And strange things can Absolutely. be afoot for you as well. Um, so I love, I love the ridiculousness of this movie and how like literally nothing about the premise makes a lick of sense. And it just like, it does not matter. Like this is, this is like inception for dumb dumbs. (laughs) The, the, I feel like the, the most extreme that it goes in terms of just ridiculousness is when, um, Ted falls down there. He's in the, the suit of armor and he falls down the stairs and uh, then the bad guys run down and then stab the suit of armor. And we think he's dead, but he just explained that he fell out of his suit of armor yeah, he fell. <laughs> in the but, few seconds. <laughs> Not only did he fall out of it, but when he fell out of it, instead of going to find Bill, he was like, you know, it would be hilarious. I'm going to hide, um, mm-hmm. you know, for a little bit. I'm going to let Bill think I'm dead. Right. My, my life partner is going to um, believe me to be slain. Um, <laughs> and then I'll jump out mm-hmm. and it'll be hilarious. I think, I think medieval England too, of all of the sequences is my least favorite of the sequences. Like aside mm-hmm. because there's mm-hmm. you, cause in that part too, you sort of have to swallow the idea that Socrates and Billy the kid like cooked up a plan to be like, okay, we gotta go rescue Bill and Ted. Um, let's uh-huh. dress up as executioners. as executioners and have a cart ready. Like it's just, it's like a little bit. Nutty. It's pushed a bit far. Yeah, it is. But one it- of my favorite things is how, um, you know, when they say to Billy the kid, he's the first. Well, he's the second person they pick up. He's the first person they intentionally pick up. Um, mm-hmm. And we haven't explained why they're picking people up. Are we just assuming that everyone knows? <laughs> Maybe we we can we can pat it just a bit. Okay. Um. So essentially, George Carlin 
who will be known by his actor's name and not his character's name, uh, is from the future. He's from the year 2688. 700 years in the future. Yeah. And somehow the music of Bill and Ted is uh, the cornerstone of their society. And everything's good like I, and i love the little monologue at the beginning like bowling scores are up mini golf scores are down as if like that's what the fabric of society is based on mm-hmm. um but that won't happen unless bill and ted pass their history report mm-hmm. which is due the next day because if they fail Ted's dad is going to send Ted to Oates Military Academy in, um, I almost said Australia, Alaska, Alaska. <laughs> and they'll be separated, and the future of George Carlin won't exist. Which yeah, already I, I there's like so many flaws. The, I feel like the easier route would be to get them at the start of the semester and just mm-hmm. give them a couple of like C's in a couple of reports. Yeah. So it wasn't so life or death on the yeah, last test. Or like come a few days before. Like don't show up the night of the the night before the test. And also like I don't understand a premise where one test score could be a pass fail situation. And also do we think Bill and Ted are passing their other classes? <laughs> Like are they, are they are they doing real well in math and like history is the only problem? <laughs> Very much. Know. Um, and I also just love, and again, nothing in this movie makes sense, and it doesn't matter. Like that, Bill and Ted are allowed to do their report as one. Yeah, it, it's a group project. Everyone else has to do it individually, but for them, it's yeah, it's a like group they're project. Just, it's just accepted by everybody in this universe. Like, yeah, that would, I one. guess that would have made more sense if you had people working in pairs for the, all the lead up beforehand. But, mm-hmm. you know, you never th- I've seen the movie maybe 20 times and I've never thought about that. No, I think about that pretty constantly. <laughs> um, and they're they're just sweet, like they're dumb. But they're not. Yeah, absolutely. That's very, I think, um, I feel like the great, the grandfather of these guys' characters is in some ways Spicoli, you know, Sean Penn. Yeah, in Fast Times. Mm -hmm. And, And these guys, they are, they're extremely dim, but they're actually very kind and sweet and that's why we like them they're not beavis and butthead no you know they're they're metal heads but they're you know it's like the original intention was that they were kind of like very kind of like detroit city style metal heads with you know jeans and black shirts and when they cast uh you know keanu reeves and alex winter they were way more of a kind of California airhead, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and they just have this kind of sweetness, this kindness, or it's just like you know, they're they're there's no aggression in there, you know. No, they, and they they even say it when they're in the old west when they get Billy the Kid and they're about to be in like an old western saloon brawl, they they're like being confronted and they're each just like we're totally weak and we can't fight you, so. 
I will offer you tickets to a water park. Like they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. not violent. They're so, um, th- and they all also, and I, to me, I saw this more in uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey, but whenever they like approach someone to either ask them for help or, or something, they always begin the conversational volley with a genuine compliment. Like they, mm. they almost always start off by saying, first of all, we just want to say that we love this about you and we think this is great about, you know, where we're at. And then we're going to ask you something. And it's like genuine. They're not like buttering up. They just really like see the the simple beauty in everything. Mm-hmm. And even though they sort of rib each other a little bit, like shut up, Ted is probably if I were going to make a drinking game, <laughs> it would be that one. Mm-hmm. They are really supportive to each other and, yeah. they, and they love each other. And, and I think yeah. that it's beautiful. Um, so, okay. So they're going to study for their history report. Rufus confronts them at the circle K and is like, guess what? I've got a time machine and you get like less than 24 hours to <laughs> literally mm-hmm. travel around through history for like a boop in each place that you want to go and then you'll pass your history report so he takes them to uh ancient france not ancient france <laughs> right napoleonic napoleonic france yeah and they're there for like a hot minute he's like this is france that's See, time travel exists. yeah um, i'm not gonna go with you and then they accidentally um kidnap napoleon Mm-hmm. which is yeah there's an explosion and he flies i guess hundreds of feet <laughs> yes and also like he's pointing the cannon at them and he's nowhere near it so <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh um it's a happy accident and i think like a kind of a genius in the structure of this movie um because that of course gives them the idea to to kidnap people throughout history and yeah but they don't take Napoleon with them. They leave him <laughs> with Ted's little brother. Right. And so we get to see, um, while Bill and Ted are having their adventure, Deacon, his two girlfriends, and Napoleon, like, having an adventure of their own. Yeah, it's something you, you can kind of cut away to and kind of have a little fun in another almost like B story. Yeah, I if for, for such a silly you know comedy i i feel like there there's a they do a really good job of having these different levels of stakes it's something that i feel like wasn't in um bogus journey the sequel Absolutely. like you've got these you've got sure you've got them they need to pass this test to save all of civilization but that's very kind of like a nebulous thing you know um but they've also got with like ted they've got if he flunks this then he's going to be sent to a military academy in alaska you know Mm -hmm. and and then you've also got where is losing napoleon napoleon running loose in 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 modern day you (laughs) know splash it's on splash golf land yeah and, and then they continually take all these different elements of like stakes and, and, and things that are going on. And then they, they all pop up at different points. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the people that they've kidnapped misbehaving. You've got the um, 
cutting away to the eventually the history test mm -hmm. and the other people giving their tests you know you've got um the whole idea the conceit is that even though they can time travel at any point that there's a fixed point in time that their time is always the same so even though they can you know it's like the the time that they're originally from that continues to move ahead, even though it doesn't Which, make any sense. That's because the same, that's the same conceit that they use in Endgame, though, too, right? Is that like time is a stream, and like you can jump into a stream, but you can't stop the stream from flowing. Right. But so the whole idea is that the clock from where they are on it continues to move ahead. So even though they can go anytime. Uh, throughout any point in time they have four hours until they need to give that test right which is a little as time travel logic it's a little squiffy but i mean it is well all, and, and all time extra, travel logic is a little squiffy oh, absolutely so. absolutely but then they they ruin even that by in the, in the last <laughs> third of the movie deciding that the way that they'll get out of the like the jam that they've gotten into is that after they pass the history report, <laughs> they'll mm -hmm. go back and and like suspend trash cans from ceilings and do this like very um, hide keys and yeah, yeah. very slapsticky stuff in order to get them out of the pickle that they're in now. So I was watching this with my fourteen year old and she and she's seen it a million times too. But she's like, "Mom, look, that means there's a, a timeline out there where they didn't pass the test." And they stayed in jail waiting for themselves to come back and put the trash can up. And I was like, look, babe, that's not what matters. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I disagree. I think yeah. that they have to now then, after their success, they have to then go back and then do all those other things. But then they wouldn't so have I've... been able to achieve the success the first time <laughs> if they didn't do it the second time well that's what we call a paradox yeah exactly um there's paradoxes there's fixed points there's a telephone box time machine it's very doctor who that would be a good deep cut recommendation probably yeah. but when we talk about like ridiculous logic and how far the the silliness goes i i feel like that's when it's at its best is yes that scene where they're just casually talking it's like dang it if only we had keys to get in there it's mm -hmm. like wait a minute why don't we just travel after all this is done we just time travel and steal my dad's keys and i'll just put them over here like right behind this thing oh hey look there's keys we did it we did and it it's, it's and it's so casual it's not like you know like a special close-up or whatever it's just like they're just talking they're shooting the shit oh hey cool i did it all right great let's go like it's so like you know it's it's all one shot and casual and matter of fact it's just yeah i feel like that's when it's at its silliest best i i agree and like you know this movie has uh has roots in improv to um the writer creators of the characters bill and ted um, Ed Solomon, Chris Matheson created these characters improv improv improvising together. And mm. um, uh, so there's kind of their characters. Yeah. And it's interesting. So they've written all yes. three movies. And um, yeah. And, and so I, and I really love it. And I you can tell it's based in improv because so much of the story is very much yes. And like they there's no almost no 
denial or no buts like aside from the characters who exist to create conflict which is really only ted's dad um (laughs) they Uh they say yes to everything even the personages of historical significance that they kidnap just are so taken with bill and ted that they then join in the kidnapping like you have you know sigmund and freud being kidnapped by billy the kid and socrates who are like besties and like they're everybody's just immediately on board and now they just want to be part of it and (laughs) they want to like do Mm -hmm. chores with bill and ted and um and they just everybody says yes to the situation which which i love um Mm -hmm. and i love there's just i there's nothing that i don't love i love their stepmom missy who was a senior when bill and ted were freshmen (laughs) married to bill's dad and so she's got to be like 20 or 21 right yeah and she just wants to be a good mom like she she wants to bring him snacks and pick them up and take them on rides and make them do chores uh-huh and i yeah I and it's just it. a fun it's just a fun little extra spice to the story mm-hmm. you know it doesn't really mean anything other than it just being a bit fun just you know it bit. doesn't really doesn't really pan out to like some weird kind of payoff or anything like that it's just like this great extra little layer but i am so excited i'm so excited to see like specifically in regards to missy because in bill and ted's bogus journey the joke is that missy has left bill's dad um, Mm -hmm. and is now married to ted's dad and um so i can't wait to see what will have become what will become of missy in bill and ted face the music and who she's married to now Oh god, um, yeah, I hope she's in I the just, movie. That'd I, be great. I can't foresee a world where she's not. They have to hit that that joke on the threes. Oh, she's in the oh, cast I'm listing. So happy. Yeah. And um so Yeah, I got jazz when I was I saw the trailer again today and I saw Ted's dad yes, in oh, it. Oh, the trailer's again. amazing. We sh- we got to talk about that too, but <laughs> yeah. And Ted's dad is really the only villain of the story and like his villainy is just in wanting um he yeah he's the he's kind of like the societal pressure you know it's like they really are kind of on the surface total losers yeah they are are, they're who are screwing up all the time and he's coming at it a little hard but he's kind of the story's device of saying you need to get a job you need to sort your crap out you know yeah and and like and they are you know as sweet and distractible as they are like their goal is to be in a band but they don't even know how to play their instrument so it's not like they're like <laughs> uh-huh. working hard and we failing. should learn how to play dude yeah I-, I love their circular logic too we gotta get eddie van halen no we gotta have a video before we can do that well, we should learn to play our instruments well how will we learn to play if we don't have eddie van halen okay um mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's and I, I think we have to assume based on like what we've seen of face the music that they're still going to be sort of languishing. And that's the question we have at the mm-hmm. end is like, how yeah, do they yeah. save the world? I mean, it, it seems like the third one kind of like only kind of disregards the last maybe 15 minutes of the sequel of bogus journey. Bogus journey and I'm yeah. okay with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. I am okay with that. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about bonus 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 journey the bonus yeah no that's accurate um after we're done talking about this one because we are basically just leading up to to the third one um so the other thing that i love too is like we get this really fun very slapstick and i gotta say like when we talk about the movie holding up 
like mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a, a, a firm, uh, absolutely it holds up with one like asterisk. But mm-hmm. um, one of the ways that I know it holds up is because in that scene where they land the time machine in Bill's backyard and Missy will only take them to the mall if they've done their chores, they're introducing <laughs> the people who come out of the, they're like, this is our friend, Bob Genghis Khan. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. like, <laughs> like introducing them by the dumbest names ever. And, um, and <laughs> so we, my 14 year old was just cracking up she was just and like, this is up. and he just gives up at the end Abraham Lincoln <laughs> it's so funny um, uh, so the asterisks yeah so medieval England is my least favorite part of the movie um, because it contains one of a handful of references or usages I guess in the Bill and Ted canon of using a really unfortunate word um, that's not mm-hmm. a word that we use anymore. Um, right. The F word. Yes. The other F word. The three letter F word. Um, and it's a bummer. It's a bummer because yeah. it also makes you think like, oh, like here I am saying that Bill and Ted have this gorgeous relationship and that they, they're unafraid to love each other and to show genuine affection for each other is true except in those moments mm-hmm. um, where it's like why I just wish that didn't exist in the movie um, yeah but it does and it really like that's the only piece it of time it capsules it yeah that yeah exactly that, that puts it squarely and makes it like not timeless in that mm-hmm. way but you know uh, it led to a, a, a you know a fruitful conversation about how times have changed and mm-hmm. feelings have changed and um, blah blah blah. So that's that's the thing I don't. That's the only thing to me that takes Bill and Ted's excellent adventure out of being timeless. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and the other thing that I want to, if there was one other thing that I would want from this movie, it's like we get to see the whole doing chores montage. But why don't we get to see what obviously had to have taken place when they decide that they're going to go back in time after they finish the report the first time and get really excellent AV and do a lot of production value for their report, which also mm-hmm. had to be like 40 minutes long. <laughs> right. I, I wrote down. So, OK, so trying to figure out because they, they end up at the end having this this great elaborate production. It's like, okay, they, they had to work out all the, like, when did they f- figure out the lighting cues? Like, yeah. were they writing that in the car over? I mean, no, are I, they- see, I think what happened is that they, they were like, okay, we're going to go back after we finish the report and we put up the trash can and we stole the keys and we recorded the message and then we typed out the other message to ourselves. We're going to kidnap an AV guy and we're going to do like... <laughs> Three solid weeks of an of rehearsal. They they, they kidnap history's greatest lighting tech yes. of all time. Yes. He didn't get an introduction because he needs no introduction. Yes. Or maybe he's from the future and they just wouldn't get it. And they also gather props. So they have like swords to sword fight with Joan of Arc. Like Napoleon mm-hmm. has a whole um get up. They have pianos. There's like a stretcher. Yeah. They've got a whole they've got the whole production. Um, yeah, and I and I just want to see that montage of them rehearsing, 
Uh, it was probably some sort of like there were roadies and like an yeah. event producer. <laughs> yep. There's a stage manager that you don't see that they also kidnapped who's like, okay, mm -hmm. and go Napoleon. Again, right. they're super famous. Yeah. We wouldn't get that reference. They're probably from <laughs> the future. Five minutes on Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, five. Um, right. And I, I, ready, camera, ready camera two and camera two. <laughs> I love it. And uh, and we totally, we skipped the part where they're at the mall. I love the part where they're at the yeah. mall. It's genius. Like each one of them finds something that they love and they like completely lose their minds. But there's mm -hmm. my, possibly my favorite bit is so very subtle. So at is the it mall, Freud? It's Freud, yeah. <laughs> or is, the, the Freud has a, a corn dog that he's holding very phallically. Yep. And then they get so they're talking to these girls, and the girls are like, "Oh my god, you're such dorks!" And the corn dog Freud is holding, he just slowly points it toward the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Now, I, why was Beethoven in trouble? Like, everyone else was, like, ruining something or, like, commandeering a, you know, a jazzercised lesson or, just, you know, um, uh, Genghis Khan was destroying a sporting goods store. But Beethoven, like, he was just kind of, like, grandstanding a little. Like, everyone was gathering around. They were excited about the product. Like, he was in a piano store just going nuts playing, like, five pianos. Mm -hmm. I feel like the the guy who is super kind of like, you know, salesman at him is like, oh, do you play here? Take a look at this. He must have had some sort of fragile ego. It yeah. must have been because he was not overtly doing anything to get booted out of the mall for yeah. or arrested even. Yeah, you see the guy who works at the store like get mad at him, but I, I don't uh -huh. think, I don't cross think his arms. Why would any of them have been arrested? They should have just well. Genghis Khan was literally destroying a sporting goods store with a bat. That's true. That's true. I don't think Abraham Lincoln did anything wrong either. Oh, I also, I think it's so great <laughs> that like you see sort of the journey of the characters changing. Like when they get to the mall, and and Bill is like, "Do you have your buddy?" And he's like being very responsible. yeah. That's the best line. Now remember who your buddy is. <laughs> it's um yeah it's a great movie and it's it's super fun and it's a great watch um mm -hmm. so before we talk about bogus journey so and it's, mm. it is from 1991 so it's technically yeah. not in so there's a crossover with our 90s podcast yeah and it's soon to be our elvis movies podcast. <laughs> right our elvis movies yeah um so bill and ted's bogus journey <laughs> we should in our elvis movie podcast we should just record we should cover all Elvis movies in a single podcast. It will be a single podcast episode. Yeah, podcast. I'm into that, and I, because I think like I have a suspicion that when they were just like, we need to make another Elvis movie, they had a dartboard. Like the writers had a dartboard <laughs> that had a list of professions, mm -hmm. and then a list of like um, activities. So it was like, okay, in this one, he is a dart uh, scuba diving instructor in <laughs> dart. Hawaii. We, and so my brother Logan, when we used to play Balderdash, and you know, we only played the movie version where you had to come up with 
um, like you know, uh, movie titles or or movie synopses, and he, and every night or every time we played, Logan would come up with the most ridiculous Elvis plot line, <laughs> and it was always something like Elvis is a swimming instructor, even though he himself cannot swim. Yes, yes, <laughs> they're all that. It's like oh, uh, this one Elvis is a ranch hand at a <laughs> dude ranch that's really a fat camp. Uh-huh. And and there's um, monsters, classic movie monsters, including the Wolfman and the Mummy. And this exists. It's a Scooby Doo plot to get the ranch to go out of business, so that the because they're trying to. Yes, that's a real movie called Tickle Me. Um, oh <laughs> so yes, um, I I love it. Um, okay, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Is, right came out two years after uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and in the intervening time um, like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure had become a hit it was a sleeper hit everyone hated it like mm-hmm. the critics and stuff hated it but people loved <laughs> it and right. there was a- yeah I loved it I, I yeah I, I again it was a sleeper I didn't catch it in the theater mm-hmm. but two years later I for sure caught Bogus Journey in the theater like I had watched the VHS like so many times. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny when you're a kid, like two years is like an eternity. Like I remember just like for back to the future too, like waiting forever. Like, Oh my God, I've waited a third of my life, which is only <laughs> like four years or five years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I rem- just, I remember the distance between the first Bill and Ted's movie and the second Bill and Ted's movie. Mm-hmm. It was just two years. Yeah. Well, but it was like two big years. Like it was, you know, like between 89 and 91. Like, I don't know. It just feels like the whole world was different or something. Um, But they had had a cartoon. Because that's what happened in the 80s is that if you were popular Mm -hmm. and marketable to like young people, they were like, put a cartoon together right now. Yeah, thanks thanks to Ronald Reagan, you could have uh, commercials that were up to 30 minutes long. Yeah. And so that's when the floodgates began for all these uh, toy uh, Saturday morning cartoon mm-hmm. commercials, effectively. Like G.I. Joe and Transformers and He-Man and Care Bears and all these other stuff were basically unabashedly trying to sell you a toy. Yep. Trying to sell you merch. And there was like, you know, there was Bill and Ted merch. There was cereal and like crazy, crazy stuff. <laughs> um, but the the cartoon show was kind of like, so Bill and Ted, they're not strictly time travelers. They get into all manner of odd situations. Mm. So the creators really wanted to, to be like, okay, so we're, they're not just time travelers. Like they have other like adventures other things happen to them um in the uh comic-con or no i don't know i don't know why i know this if it was from the (laughs) comic-con interview that they did but uh the studio pitched a sequel where it was basically the same thing but they had to pass an english test so they went into literature like they would go into different characters of literature and so it would basically be the Mm. same movie but instead of history it's you know they're kidnapping um Mm -hmm. emma from jane austen book or something fictional characters kidnapping joe marsh um and yeah so they were like no like our vision of bill and ted is that like every time they have an adventure it's something completely different um so bogus journey 
is completely different. It's yeah. a very different movie. Um, it's supposed to be five years in the future. Because uh, when they're proposing mm. to the babes, they're like, it's been a most excellent five years together. So um, essentially nothing has changed mm-hmm. except for that they're not in high school anymore. Um, yeah. They are still not good at instruments. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like they're trying to get into the battle of the bands and like for some re- in a very confusing scene right at the top, Pam Greer is like, well, I'll put you on at midnight, even though you suck. And yeah. um, so the battle of the bands is this huge turning point. Meanwhile, we go to the future, which is not the future that Rufus came from. <laughs> No, it's like a everyone is wearing foam clothing. Like the future that we saw in Bill and Ted's is like everyone is kind of zen. Yeah, and know? they're like the the wise ones are floating. Oh, and I wanted to talk about the wise ones. So when they yeah, the, the three character, most important people in the world they're they're credited as, and they're they're floating. I assume because they're so enlightened. But what I really appreciated was that of those three people, the first one is a woman. The mm-hmm. second is a, a black person, a person of color. And then the third person looks like Steven Seagal. So I really feel like... <laughs> and a Steven Seagal. Yeah. So they really have a spectrum of representation. Um, and I like that. And I like the idea that in the mm-hmm. future, they're like, you know what? We don't need chairs. Yeah. Forget about chairs. <laughs> um, uh, but th- And everybody is zen and they're they're chill. Yeah. They're so it, it's, it's a weird... It's a weird take because everyone is so serious. Mm-hmm. They're nonplus. They're they're basically yes, thank you for coming, and just like very little emotion. Mm-hmm. I like to think that like beforehand, like the the head dudes are like, look, I can't have you guys like freak out in front of them. Okay, you got to keep it cool until they're gone. Understand? <laughs> Like, <laughs> like they maybe overdid it yeah. with the, uh, the 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 preamble. Yeah. The preface. Do, do not embarrass me in front of Bill and Ted, you guys. Um, no space selfies. So that's None another that. thing. The beginning of the movie, the very, very, the first thing you see in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is like 11 minutes of a crystal <laughs> slowly falling it's from like the ceiling. two minutes. <laughs> oh, please. It's an eternity. Uh, and then it becomes... The phone box. Um, and, and it's just like, I forget about that part. That part is like a brainwashing moment where you forget it until the oh, next Oh, no, time. I remember that part. Really? I'm always yeah. like, what the hell is this crystal? Did we put in the wrong movie? <laughs> Why is it taking 11 minutes to f- descend slowly from the sky? Um, <laughs> so the, the, this is not the future we were promised. The future we get to in Bogus Journey is a lot more like the future I would think bill and ted would create yes it's 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 a little closer to back to the future too it is Uh. yes exactly it's so 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 90s um everything is neon everything is like both weirdly tight and oversized at the same time Mm -hmm. uh is bananas and so there's a bad guy who there's none explanation yeah, so Denomalous. Which is know. which is Ed Solomon spelled backwards and he's one of the writers. What? <laughs> it is. But yeah, he's he's so overtly evil. All his bad guys come in black, but they're also in 
foam yeah. clothing as well, which I liked. But yeah, you, you know what? I felt like they really missed, like, they literally never mention their ethos unless I was out of the room at that point. Like, yeah. what they believe. It was just, it's like, they're just like they're really just, they're, they're just haters. He just like hates Bill and Ted and finds them obnoxious. Yeah, which I get, but I mean, what would have been funnier is if no classical music is the way. Like it would have been so much funnier if they're if they had an actual opposing ideology that could yeah. have been used for some kind of comedy. Mm, you know, indeed. or like, or if or at any kind of disco to music. Yeah, because this whole future is based on on music and right. you know that's rufus is bringing in people to his class which is 12 minutes long his class is exactly as long as it takes for the crystal to fall from the sky um and he's like okay i brought three people that one's from the future and two are from the past and one's from the 90s and make sure you do wear headphones when you do your homework and then that's it. So Denomalos is just like, I hate them and bada boop, I'm going to ruin their lives with these very sexy, evil robot versions of them. <laughs> Did they use the word sexy? Is that your word? I, I'm not sure. I think it was implied. I'm pretty sure. I kept hearing it in my head, Nathan, even if it wasn't being said out loud. I'm pretty sure it was implied. <laughs> well, it is. Okay. So it's 1991. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey comes out the same year as Point Break. And, yeah. and uh, you know, Nathan, of my devotion to Keanu Reeves um, uh-huh. as a frequent guest of my Keanu Reeves. As does the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, so, like, this is Point Break Keanu as Ted. And <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the the evil robot versions of both of them are really hot <laughs> just so evil. Um, is it because they're they're assholes it might be i don't know um but they are they're just they're mean robot versions <laughs> and that makes them so hot they're so hot i don't know why um but they <laughs> they're very funny um in their evilness so mm-hmm. bill and ted are living in an apartment and like still Here's my question to you. They have a 512th birthday party for the princesses. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 521st. Right. Their girlfriends are from the, the are English princesses. Yes. And for some reason, they invite Ted's dad and Missy and Bill's dad, even though, like, that's got to be awkward. <laughs> yeah, because she's she's changed. Yeah. And Bill and Ted's dad was like, oh, you know who we should invite to your girlfriend's birthday party? Colonel Oates from the Alaskan military school. My one friend. That I didn't send you to. <laughs> oh, also, I skated right by this, but like, what world do we think that Ted's dad was? No, we like? can skate by plenty and Bogus Journey. <laughs> no, no, In no, fact, I, we might be taking too long at this point. I wanted to. We might back. actually talk about the entire movie. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. Right. Um, anyway, Bill and Ted, they die. They go to hell. They go yeah. to heaven. The, them dead was a, a a fun effect where basically they're wearing black and white clothes and they've got black and white makeup so it's pre they, i mean they could have done it digitally at this point but it it would have been expensive and difficult but yeah they do it all practically of them kind of being dead and being black and white in, yeah. a, in a full color and I, world. and i liked that i liked the simplicity mm-hmm. of it and you know they were just basically like very sexy ghosts <laughs> <laughs> again 
their words are your words. <laughs> um, but uh, a- yeah, yeah th- this movie does plenty of it's weird throughout and it's definitely in two buckets, <laughs> like gross, yeah. weird and like that's really and then fun weird yeah because okay so they go to heaven they go to hell they go to heaven they meet an alien which is two beings that can smush themselves into one being they make good (sighs) robot villain teds right Um, they 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 fight death they play death in uh, board games yes William Sadler, where you're like what happened how did you get in this movie william sadler (laughs) But he's great in it. He's, he's yeah, great. AKA the main bad guy in Die Hard 2 and probably. Yeah, so if you are well. watching Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and you're like, you know what I would love to see is the actor who plays Death naked kicking things, <laughs> then you all you have to do is watch Die Hard 2. Um, mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome from us to you in our 90s movies interludes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say them playing. A series of games like Battleship mm-hmm. and Twister. And Clue. With, yeah, and Clue with Death is is one of the highlights of the movie. Yeah. For sure. And Death completely like does an about face of his personality where he was like, he's Death. And then like they beat him in a, in all the contests. And then he just becomes very silly. Mm-hmm. And I, and I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, he's one of the few. <laughs> few things in this movie that that really works really works yeah for sure um i like that they mug people in heaven they do and death like apologizes to god like, I'm sorry. yeah uh the guy who asks people at the pearly gates what the meaning of life is is so like nonchalant he's like not excited anymore he's just like what yeah what is the meaning of life <laughs> what is meaning of life so ba 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 uh, anyway, they're like at the Battle of the Bands concert, and they're like, you know what we should do? Let's use our time machine and learn how to be good at music. Yeah. So, uh, so in terms of like the first movie and the second movie, there's there's so many uh, movies where they they have like we must win over the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, and we've got to convert the crowd from folding their arms to like cheering and chanting their name, mm-hmm. and and I feel like eighty percent of the movies fail at doing this because it's all based around like one persuasive speech that is magical, you know, yeah. and I feel like the first movie does such a good job of of giving us the time to really get into their presentation. Mm-hmm. There's like emotional ups and downs. We're building up these beats and and it has enough screen time to really kind of get from A to B to C, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, in the second one, they have a similar situation. And there's no freaking context for any of the stuff that they're doing for the crowd. Right. You know, like we see professional bands like Primus, Primus. play at this <laughs> play at this, this uh, battle of the, the band battle competition. The <laughs> yeah. Um, and all this stuff that happens, you know, robots killing other robots mm-hmm. and then a bad guy from the future pulling out a gun and then a cage falling on him and all this other stuff. And at the end, the crowd is going wild. Like and, and, and like them time traveling, coming back and playing music like the crowd doesn't know what the fuck is going on for any of this. Mm-hmm. But yet at the end, they're ecstatic and cheering. And, and, and so it gets blasted to the whole world. 
So everyone right. in the entire planet Earth watches them play one song. Yeah, and then it cures all of humanity's ills. Yeah. Um, but they do so, come back so, from the future with really sexy facial hair. <laughs> right. Again, their my words. words. My words. Yeah. Um, okay. And they, um, and they have kids. They come back with kids and little, like, backpacks. Two boys, like by the way. And then in the third oh, movie, it's two girls. We never, we never actually hear that they're boys. We just know that they're named Little Ted and Little Bill. Um, right. That's true. That's true. Which they and who are explain we? because in in the third one they're they're named Billy and Thea, so they're still <laughs> Bill and Ted. Um, okay. Okay. I'll go with that. Okay. Well. Oh, and uh, what's there's so many weird things that happen in the second movie. Um, they do that whole thing again where they're like, "Well, I'm going to go back in the time machine after we've defeated you, and I'm going to put this here." And he's like, "But then I'm going to do it after I finish you, and I'm going to give myself the key." And all this silly stuff. It's just, mm-hmm. And one thing that I find odd, just really odd, is that so Pam Greer at the very end is revealed to be Rufus mm-hmm. in somehow a zippered costume of Pam. Like he unzips Pam Greer. Right. And inside George Carlin. Mm hmm. And this reminds us that at the beginning of the movie, George Carlin uses a guitar, a flying V guitar, as a grappling hook to chase the evil Bill and Ted, and then we never see him again. And he's like, well, I just wanted to help you guys out. And it's like, yeah, but you helped them the first time and did not disguise yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot that... Is troublesome in the and, second movie. Yeah. And also the princesses are different. And I didn't like that it was two different girls. Those, I think it was like the first time that I remember being like, those aren't the princesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are still really brilliant like moments and jokes that land that I like a lot in Bogus. Um, like mm-hmm. they when they're when they are sexy ghosts and they're trying to like have somebody help them, they go to the police station and they jump into Ted's dad and Ted's dad, um, um, like like police sergeant, in a brilliant piece of acting, where mm-hmm. the two actors are like being Bill and Ted inside the other person's body, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a brilliant moment where they air guitar, mm-hmm. and Ted's dad air guitar is like an easy listening guitar. It's not like the. It's like I'm gonna dun, dun, dun. it's like his air guitar. Like it's if we all have our own air guitar inside of us and it is like the music of our soul. Uh-huh. I'm into that. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um oh and here's another here's some other just fun facts for you in case you want them. Okay. Uh, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, in the Ziggy Piggy scene where they take Napoleon to the ice cream place. Oh, are those the they two are. writers? And in Bill and Ted's bogus journey at the seance with Missy, uh, there are two men in the seance, and those are also the <laughs> writers. And when Missy is chanting to uh, banish the ghost of Bill and Ted to hell, she is saying, Ed and Chris will rule the world backwards. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. Oh, man. Those are just things that I know, and um, I have to be possessed of that knowledge, so now I've shared it with you. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. So I'm so... Oh, and Denomalous' first name is Chuck, apparently he, Chuck. He's revealed to be a gym teacher, isn't that right? There's a very dramatic moment where he's like, Denomalous, my old teacher. And then at the end, Rufus is like, he was my gym teacher. <laughs> so weird. Um, and, oh, and also my favorite joke in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is when Bill and Ted are riding with them in the van... Uh, and they're about to be killed. Um, he's like, can we get some heat back here? And Evil Ted is like, shut up, Bill. And he's like, oh, man, I'm going to have to remember to be more courteous to myself when I become him. <laughs> and I'm like, that's uh -huh. smart. That's that's dumb, done smart. Mm -hmm. And I and that is what I think is the soul of Bill and Ted is that you have you have to be really smart in order to play dumb in a way that is beautiful yeah and that, like that's uh that's me philosophizing just win dude every road has every rose has the thorn that's the science i'm dropping on you okay um so where do we even want to rate bogus journey uh you know what it's probably it's probably not fair i mean technically it's a 90s movie and it's gonna be a, a <laughs> it's gonna be a, a sad number either yeah. way Okay, that's fair. Um, I am. So I give it a four. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so psyched for for uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, uh, which is like we're releasing this episode that we're recording now as a special special release. Um, it, before the movie, I'm so excited. I already yeah. pre-ordered it. Um, I'm just I'm so yeah. psyched. I can't wait to see it. I already can predict that I'm going to cry at least once. <laughs> And so circling back to Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, um, yes. what is your rating? So I, so it's, <laughs> I, it's, it's definitely high. It's, uh, I know it's not going to be as high as yours. Of course not. Mine, mine's going to be an 8.5. Okay. That's still very generous for, for yes. Nathan Blackwell. <laughs> for, for a Nathan Blackwell. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 it's definitely a classic. It's definitely one of those movies that I've seen so many times. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect, but I mean, do we really seek perfection? Heavens no. No. Heavens Give me a break. No. Come on, guys. And if we did seek perfection, we would need look no farther than Keanu Reeves himself. So, <laughs> Right. And his sexy, <laughs> sexy robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, 8.5. All right. Solid. Solid. I think that's fair. Um, I, of course, I've thought about this a lot more than I think about my ratings for any of the other movies that we do. Like, usually I just, like, go with my gut after we've talked about it. Sure. Um, but for this one, I, like, really thought about it. I was like, am I going to give it a 10? Can I give this movie a 10? Uh, you know, knowing that it has these little flaws. Um, and you know what? I am going to give it a 10. Uh, <laughs> I think Raiders of the Ar Lost Ark, Die Hard, those movies have little flaws too that you kind of have to overlook. So sure. I'm not holding that against Bill and Ted. And the the thing for me that makes movies from the 80s either really um, valuable and still hold up or not is like, do I still love watching them? And do I, I do my kids like watching them? That to me is what means it hold up holds up. Yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, and like all the things that we've said are a 10, the Princess Bride, uh, Die Hard Raiders, they hold, they do hold up in that way. And so I put Bill and Ted up there with them. I gave it a 10, um, a very sexy 10. And, <laughs> um, and I love this movie. Okay. So what is your deep cut recommendation? Um, I'm going to recommend another aggressively dumb movie that features <laughs> um, two lead characters who um, love each other and are, you know, just, just best mm. friends or what we call, like, you know, peas in a pod. And that is um, a movie called Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> Which is, I have not revisited it in quite some time, but I remember loving it so much and just loving the the two characters and the, the, that's another one crazy night we don't remember you know the hangover type movie um, mm-hmm. but they are so Bill and Ted in their love for each other and the sort of sweetness with which they approach life and they're solving their problems um, yeah so that's my recommendation I don't know that it holds up. I don't, but I believe that it does. And I know that I like that movie better than a lot of other people in the world. (laughs) Well, I get my car. (laughs) I guess on that theme, if I had to pick the ultimate um, stupid, dumb people, uh, I'm going to go with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yay! (laughs) Because if we're talking about the quintessential, every single person is an idiot. Uh, that would be my first pick. Yes. Oh. It, it is the ministry. It, it, it is approved by the Ministry of Silly Walks. It is the <laughs> confluence of dumb, silly ridiculousness. Yeah. And and, it, and somehow it works. Um, I like another like thing that would be a good deep cut recommendation would be um, uh, Men in Black, which is also an Ed's mm. all jam. Um, yeah. And and recently, I mean, I just saw this like last week. Idiocracy. Oh, I love Idiocracy. Yeah. The movie that predicted our future quite accurately. Mm-hmm. Um, it holds up. It does. <laughs> it holds up more, more than it did yes. when it came out. Ooh, another reason I'm excited about Bill and Ted Face the Music is that the director um, uh, also directed Galaxy Quest, which is one of my yeah. favorites. I love yeah. As Galaxy. soon as I saw that, it's like, all right, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Awesome. So I yeah, I'm excited too. I'm I'm gonna put up the um, I've got a a small I've got a projector screen. I'm gonna put that up in the living room and I'm gonna watch that on Friday. Yeah, me too. Um, very excited. I'm so sad that we won't get to like have the full experience of of seeing it in a movie theater, but mm-hmm. do the best yeah. I can to enjoy it anyway. And I'm so glad that they're putting it out. Like I need a new movie, guys. I I've, mm-hmm. I've seen everything. Um, uh, uh, so I'm super excited and this is like it's kind of nice to be in this moment right now Nathan because usually yeah. we have to debate a little bit about like what we're going to say at the end uh, yeah. after be excellent to each other but this time we just go with it, the reason we say it <laughs> <laughs> yay uh, thanks for listening uh, you know like rate review thumbs up I know we say that every time but it's it's meaningful for us every time uh, and every time you do, it gives us a huge boost and we appreciate it. Um, Nathan, where can people find all of your geniusness? <laughs> In quotation marks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Squishy Studios is the best way to 
uh, the squish, just squishystudios.com is you can see our, our most recent short film that I did in uh, March or February. Yeah. Um, and, and that's also where you're going to find future stuff. Um, I've been working, trying to figure out what I can do during this pandemic time since most, most of our stuff requires physical production and it requires other humans and other humans. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've been, uh, I've been toying with the idea of doing a, an actual like uh, radio series, like a scripted, a scripted podcast. Yes. Yes. And so I so support that. (laughs) If if you don't see anything on the website in a couple of months, then I didn't do it. But if you do, then I did. I want you to do it. (laughs) Okay. I've written the first, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a six part episode, Mm -hmm. uh, six part season. Mm -hmm. And so I've already written 2.5 of the scripts. So it's probably going to happen. I just put an asterisk there because you never know. I love it. So. I can't wait for it to be a real thing that definitely happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you used to be able to find me at uh, National Comedy Theater, but I don't think I've even been there in, in many, many weeks. Um, and we've definitely been closed since March. So you can find my YouTube, uh, which is where I'm putting out new content, uh, both improv and sketch. Um, which is if you search for National Comedy Theater Phoenix on YouTube, don't search NCT unless you want to uh, find a delightful K-pop band. Um, <laughs> and, and if you do, you're welcome. Uh, and um, as always, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And, you know, when you're out there in the world or more likely when you are in your home, never leaving, remember the motto of the most excellent 80s movies podcast be excellent to each other and for god's sakes party on dude (laughs) (laughs) okay we're done yay Yay. if i hit stop recording i don't think that'll hang up